What's going on, good people? On this episode of the Paul Rivera podcast, unfortunately, the quarantine edition, I have um, my guy, Mario Carbone. Mario, what up, baby? What's going on, my man? What's going on? Hey, before I'm, I'm honored and thrilled to be on your show. Oh, man, before we started recording, I told Mario I missed him. And he was like, shit, I miss everybody. <laughs> I miss everybody. Wow, man. How, first and foremost, how are you? You, family, everybody good, everybody healthy? Thank God everybody's safe and sound. Good. Um, I escaped the city. I'm in Montauk um, right now. But the family's good. Um, you know, business is business right now. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time for every business, every walk of life. Um, it ain't easy out there. but you know, it's the same challenge in front of everybody. I feel you. I feel you. I'm going to fuck you up right now. I'm actually in East Hampton. So I'm going to send you my temperature. I'm going to send you test results, whatever you need. I'm eating at your house before this shit's over, for sure. Yo! <laughs> you're like down the block. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. Listen, man, obviously, you know, a lot of people don't even know this. Like, we were supposed to do a show, shit, maybe a month ago at this point. Actually, like two months yeah. ago. Um, give or take. And then like the Kobe thing happened, right? And it was like, we both agreed it wasn't the right time to do that, obviously. Um, and then I reached out to you and was like, yo, like given this quarantine, um, do you want to do the show? You're like, absolutely. Like, let's figure yeah. it out you know, whenever when. I see you have a bottle. Let me get a glass. Let me get a bottle. Me... What are you drinking? I got a little Tignanello, baby. You always keep it classic, brother. You know, you got to keep it on brand. Do it for the culture. <laughs> I'm going to do a little burgundy. All right. Hey, you know Carlton? Carlton. The master song? I don't think so. He's CEO of Heights Cellars. He's been at your restaurant. Oh. You definitely. Sure. I know Heights. Yeah, really good brother. Um, he sent me this bottle, a little burgundy. Okay. That's, that's um, nice. Yo, so let's, you know, obviously, um, I want to talk about, like, present, and then we'll kind of go back to the beginning, your beginning, but... Um, yep. You know, obviously a lot of people have been, been hit hard by this and, you know, and, and it's crazy. I don't even want to talk about like the, the, the sick totals and the death totals and, you know, it's probably as bad a situation as you can get. So I'm always cautious not to come off as like boo-hoo me or like I'm going through something tough or you're going through something tough. So I just want to put it in context. There's people going through like real shit, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that thing said, um, one of the industries hit the hardest has been like hospitality and, and restaurants and, and and I'm not even asking specifics of Carbone or any of your establishments, but can you just talk about that a little bit? Like how, like what the thought process was, like when it came down, when it got serious, the consideration to close restaurants, like just a little bit of that thought process. I think, you know, as it was going down, you're, you're obviously your first thoughts are, you know, kind of save yourself, you know, like this thing's going, ships are going down. What do we have to do to not take on, as much water as possible. How do we how do we stay afloat in this catastrophe? Um, and then once we were, you know, you, you go through the first sort of the first round of really difficult decisions. Um, you know, you have to you have to make sure that the that there's going to be a company for people to come back to later. Mm -hmm. um, that that that's that's critical. Um, keep this thing afloat because we've never seen anything like it. There's no time period in place. We have absolutely no idea 
when this thing's going to come back. And we really don't know what it's going to look like when it does. My industry is the gathering of people um, in really close proximity. Um, So we don't really know what this is going to look like when we come back. Um, But once we were able to sort of steady the ship, then your attention turns to, okay, phase two, how do we take care of our people? You know, what, what, what do we have to do as a company to take care of our people? What are we doing? Are we raising money? Are we doing different fundraisers, uh, a reach out program, you know, a, a, you know, a scheduled zoom calls where we gather people for book classes and how do we keep people's minds active? How do we just keep people active? And, and those that, that are in most need, how do we make sure we identify? I mean, we were pre Corona, we were 1500 staff deep major food group. So how do we, yeah. How do we keep contact? with the people that are most in need? How do we make sure that they're gonna be okay and, and, and have everyone stay afloat through this? And then once you get through that phase, you turn to, okay, I'm an industry leader. How do, what do I have to do? What can I do for the, for the community as a whole? How, how can we be a part of helping the broader scope of it all? I think what this has done for the restaurant industry is it's really shed light for, for people that didn't, it, it kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit because we were immediately identified as one of the industries that was going to suffer the most. And I think it, I, it, it, it's resonating with people now because it's been so well documented how tough, not just physically tough, but how, how just difficult of a business it is. We're riding on on minor, really microscopic margins at times with, with, you know, you're heavily leveraged, you've got high overhead, you're working with tight margins. You miss one week, you miss a couple days, you know, I mean, you're, you're the whole thing's at risk. The whole house of cards goes down. Yeah, I think that that's something a lot of people don't understand where it's like, you know, on a good day, the restaurant industry is challenging, right? Yeah. Difficult. Um, and then I think people, you know, I think people don't realize, don't necessarily realize that um, the margins are that tight, even if you're at the top of the food chain, no pun intended, that a week can affect this thing, you know, yeah. in a real way. It, it really, it mimics a lot of America, right? I mean, the restaurant industry was paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. for, 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 to put it in context, you know, like we as a whole industry, we're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, thankfully, I'm I am blessed to have built this thing big, and 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 uh, the responsibilities that go with that are heavy. But at times, you know, it provides us an opportunity to sort of to be a safe haven right now. To 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 feel like we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this challenge. Accepted. We'll be all right on the other side of this. Um, but for so many other restaurants. It, it really was it. It really was that. That's, that's the scenario is it's paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, what does this look like when we come out of it? You know, New York City had 26,000 restaurants pre-corona. 26,000 restaurants. Holy shit. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't take fast food into consideration. Wow. So that's real. Re- that's not McDonald's pizza. Right. Restaurants. 26,000. 26, right. So, I mean, it's, you know, we don't know. Every week that goes by, you know, I mean, the stimulus package, obviously, you know, it's doing what it can. And, and 
you know, hopefully everyone's got their own rent issues, their own overhead issues, their own, I mean, it, it looks very unique for each and everybody. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know exactly how it's going to be when we get out of it. I know that, that, that people's tendencies are going to change for quite some time, you know, just how, just how you say hello, you know, the, just how people interact with each other, how they dine together, you know, the privacy that this is going to, that this is going to create. Um, it's going to be interesting to see as a social experiment. Yeah. I think our lives have forever changed. Like I was watching, a, I was watching, uh, a show last night on TV and, and they shook hands and I was like, Ooh, the people shaking hands. It's crazy. Let me ask you, I saw you guys do something and I understand the reasoning behind it, but I just want to get it from you. Something I thought I would never see Carbone do. Um, but I was happy to see it actually. Um, delivery. Yeah. Uh, you guys had quite the interest. First of all, I want you to tell a, a little bit the thought process into, into making that decision if possible. Yep. And then two, you guys had an eventful, you know, first yeah. days of delivery. Talk about that. Unbelievable. Yeah. So um, as we started closing the restaurants down for this, what we did, what many companies did was, you know, you, you got to consolidate your workforce, keep as many people um, on, on payroll as possible. You want it, you know, sort of identify your, 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 your Green Berets, your A-team, the team that you're going to need to restart this thing as fast as possible. As soon as you get the sniff of a green light, I need to go. So I need that team as close to me as possible. So we're going we're gonna to condense ourselves down to this little Green Beret squad. And then it becomes, okay, in an effort to pay them when there's, you know, if there's, if there's zero dollars coming in for an extended period of time, that's going to, that's going to put us at risk. So what's the what's the smallest footprint way to get some revenue in to make sure that i can keep a staff on board uh my my most important people my most tenured people keep them getting paid it was you know all right what if we just turned on what if carbone did delivery and at first it's like oh really <laughs> Car like 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 delivery and it's like yeah like let's let's not like let's not take the high road here like let's just you know let's give it a shot what if we did delivery like maybe maybe a lot of people would be down for that um everyone's stuck at home and 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 with with one restaurant we could probably generate enough money to keep a decent number of people on payroll right now um so we you know we we we, we set it up and it was funny the first night, man, we set it up like a restaurant. We were like, all right, you know, these are the numbers we normally do. You know, we sell, you know, on a normal night, we sell a Carbono cell in New York, like 45 orders of rigatoni, 40, 50 orders of rigatoni, so you know? So we're set up, got the kitchen going, ready to go. Five o'clock comes around. We turn the machine on to, to do delivery and it just rains out of it. I mean, it just, it just poured out of the machine. <laughs> You know, 400 orders of rigatoni later, we were like, whoa, yo, we, we need to, we need to, we need to reevaluate. And wait, then wait, we, wait, wait. we had, wait, so Mario, so on a, on an average day, you guys do 40 to 45 yeah. rigatoni orders. Yeah. For, yeah. That's for 200 30. people, 50, 50 orders. Yeah. Okay. So on that, so let's say 50 orders round number on that first day, you guys did deliver, you got 400, 400. orders. Yeah. Which so then we we, we let people 
It's the gift of the curse. It's crazy. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, they had no. We had. We were just scrambling. We had. We were allowing people to do pickup, so we had people coming in to do pickup or like come into the door, and then we had the, the drivers outside, the bike guys and all the drivers outside waiting for their orders, and uh, so and we got backed up, so a crowd started to form. And the crowd got kind of angry and they were waiting. They were getting hungry and the orders were taking a while and my guys were going down. And then we had the cops came and the cops had to come. Like it was a house party. The cops had to come and break it up. And we're like, yo, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to cause a scene here. Like I'm, I don't want people to, I know social media, I get it. Like, but we're going down. My guys are trying to make rigatoni right now and it's a problem. And that's why they're waiting. And officer, listen, don't. I think eventually, like, they like, eventually the cops had to shut us down. Uh, and, and they were like, yep, yeah, that's it for you. You're done for the night. I'm like, and then we kind of, you know, next night went slightly, I mean, slightly better, progressively better until we figured it out. And, and now they have it, they have it down to a system. Listen, that, that was how it went. You know, you know me, I'm a marketer, I'm a branding guy. I looked at it and I was proud. I was like, Mario did like a sneaker release. <laughs> Mario did the, the, the spicy rigatoni <laughs> sneaker release. He shut the street down. Yeah, that's it. I took a play from a play from Ronnie's playbook and I was like, yeah, we got a drop coming. You crushed it. I loved it. Let me ask you, I think, you know, when you touched on like that Green Beret team and the people that have been tenured, look, you already know, I think, you're the best chef in the world. Um, let me preface that. You and Chef D, which is LeBron's chef. I don't want to get starved when I go over his house next time. I'm after see <laughs> you and Chef D are the best chefs in the world um, and obviously deserve the bulk of the, the accolades and success for the success of Carbone and the other restaurants. I'll keep it to Carbone right now for the purposes of this conversation. I think equally as important to the success of Carbone is like, it's my version. I'm older than, than, than most people watching this or listening this, to this. It's my version of Cheers. When I walk in Carbone, yep. you know, everyone knows you. Even if they don't, they treat you like they know you. They treat you like you're home. You get a firm handshake, show you to your table. The music's right. The staff is dressed right. You know, the waiters are kind of almost playfully offended if you ask them for a menu. It's like, no, what? Like, I got you. You know, like, <laughs> talk a little bit about, like, that thing you've created. Cause I, I'll yeah. give you one more example. I was there for a friend's birthday party. You know, we did a birthday dinner. It was probably about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight of us a couple of months ago. And at the end, one of my favorite things you guys do, they bring out the fruit and the nuts. And I was making a mess cracking the nuts and all that. And um, one of your, your waiters comes by and they're like, no, 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 don't clean it up. Mario would be furious if we saw, if we cleaned it up, like do your thing. And I, I don't know if you remember this, I posted a picture and the table was a complete wreck. Yeah. Like tangerine peels and walnut peels and glasses of wine. And you were like, that is beautiful. Beautiful. That's exactly what I want. Beautiful. So a little bit about that, about like just the yeah. environment and how important that is to the DNA of Carbon. Yeah, it's crucial. Um, it's everything to me. Uh, you know, I like to think that we're storytellers and, and, and you know, we tell our stories through food. And it's, it's very important that for me, when I'm doing a project, Take Carbone, that when we're putting that story together, I am hyper-specific. Like, I don't work well outside the box. I need to be inside of a box. And the smaller the box, the better for me. So I get, I get really specific and I make rules so that 
I know when something is right. If it fit in that box, it's right. Check. And it's sort of like when you're taking your carry on luggage and if it doesn't fit in that thing, like it, it, you can't bring it in. So like when we created Carbone, it had to be super specific. And if you nail, if you take that, that specificity through every detail, like, but like you, every detail through every detail, then what will happen over time is the customer coming in will walk in and they will immediately be transcended into they, they they're they're being moved to your movie they're a character now in your movie they're an extra because every little detail is perfect or, or like not perfect but like set to the period you know so we i went to the i even went to the extreme of if you you, you may not notice but like on the menu cover it has a year on it it has 1958 on it because that that was the year i i pictured in my head you know so so like what happens is and uh, I won't bore you with it, but like what happened to like how I got there is most of the, most of the Southern Italian immigrants left in the late 1800s, early 1900s. That was when the biggest movement was. So they, 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 the Southern Italians were super poor. They left and they migrated. They went all over the world. New York got a lot of them. Early 1900s, 10s, 20s, they're young. They have, they have kids. The first generation Italian Americans to ever exist are born on that soil in the twenties and thirties. They get older in the forties and fifties. They're now old enough to be business owners. Mm. So in my head, that restaurant stands for the first generation of Italian Americans. And, and, and it's really important that it's the first generation because that means it's very close to Italy. It means their parents are speaking Italian to them but they're, they're learning English in school. That perfect hybrid, that period is super important because I'm Italian American, but as every generation gets, goes on and has children, it will, it will ultimately just assimilate into society. You'll just be an American, it's further, which is amazing. In the beginning, yes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing, right? That's a beautiful thing, but it will be at the, at the sacrifice of a, a culture that had a moment in time. So if this restaurant is successful on the highest level, it will last beyond me and it will be basically a functioning museum to a period that 200 people a night can experience. So every detail has got to be right. Every detail has got to feel like that thing. And it's got and, and to come from a place of authenticity. And if you get every detail right, the second you open that door, you walked into my movie. You walked into Thompson Street, 1958, first generation Italian Americans, and you're being welcomed home. Mm, I love so it. That's kind of that's that that's how we got there. No, I love it. And and without giving away the secret sauce, no pun intended. How you know? In theory, right? People can hear that and be like, "Yeah, that makes perfect sense." You know, how, what is uh when when things are humming? you know, high season at any given time, what's the, what's the staff number at Carbone, give, give or take? So, so the beauty of Carbone, and I've been working in restaurants since I was a little kid. I've been working in Manhattan since I was 18 years old. The beauty of Carbone, and there's maybe, may, there's less than 10 restaurants in New York City that 
no matter what time of year, no matter what day of the week, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what time of day it is, it's full. We do the same number of people on Saturday as we do on Tuesday in wow. August and in September and in January. You know, we, we've, been, we've been blessed over time now. It's seven years old to have, to have built up a demand to where, where we basically do 220 people every single night, Wow! you know, and, and it's just, it's basically the exact same number. It's just a different list of people. Um, and you know, like we have, you know, we, we track all, all the people like yourself. We know all your likes and dislikes and tendencies and, and, you know, we, we do everything we can to make sure that, that, that you are having your norm moment when you walk into Carbone. Hmm. you walk in and everyone's like yo oh, pure and like from <laughs> julian to ricky to the chef like absolutely you're home you know <laughs> absolutely but let me ask so so right people may not understand but you know from the guy at the front that opens the, the door to the young ladies that check you in to the bartender that gets you a drink you know before you go to your table to your waiter to the chef to to the people clearing your plates you know your tables that's a lot of people to get on the same page. Yep. You know, a very dear friend that's family to both of us, Mav, you know, Maverick Carter, he always says that the best brands in the world, you know, whether you experience the brand in New York or Tokyo, it feels the same. It feels at home, right? Like that DNA of the brand. How do you accomplish that with so many people working for you that every time I go to Carbone, it feels like home from the music to the messaging to the like just everything how how's that is that over time is that just you know it starts with you and, and like talk to me a little bit about that you have to find a way to get buy-in um to have a waiter in las vegas buy into the same story i just told you about the building of carbone in new york i'll tell them the same story as to why Carbone in Las Vegas is just is just at home. It's just as indigenous to the city of Las Vegas as it is in the city of New York, which is a hundred. I believe it in my heart. It's a hundred percent true. I can see Dean Martin on the ninth hole in Nevada with a polo and a cigarette, just like I can see him in New York. Like this, this, this belongs here too. This is your home too. This restaurant belongs here. And get them to buy into the idea that what we're doing is not a shtick. We do this for the culture. We do it for a reason. We do it to take care of people. We do it to put on a good show, to put, a, put out a good product. We have great pride in what we do. And yeah, it starts with us. It starts with ownership. And it's, if it trickles down to a buy-in by, by all staff members, then, then you're, 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 you're preaching from a place of real earnestness. You're, you're, getting, you're getting real disciples. You're getting people who can, who can pre, you know, if there's many people that don't even know there is a Mario Carbone, you know, like they, they just know that it's a restaurant, you know, but I think if you, if you, if you spoke to someone who ate at my restaurant, who had never met me before, they would have, after their experience, they would have a pretty good idea of who I am. And that means I'm doing a good job. I'm doing it right. Uh, it, 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 they don't need to speak to me directly. They could talk to Louie, they could talk to Julian, they could talk to the girl behind the counter, they could talk to a busboy and go into the kitchen, talk to a line cook. I bet you you're going to get pretty close to the same story as you would have gotten from me. Mm. I love it. I, you know, as I've gotten older, like I feel like 
you know, and I know you feel the same way. It's like, I've gotten into things, like, I only want to, like, experience things that are, like, timeless or classic, right? We're not into fads or what's in now or whatnot. And I feel like, and I truly mean this, it's not because we're having this conversation. I feel like Carbone, and you kind of touched on it with Dean, Carbone's one of those establishments and experiences, quite frankly, that I can very vividly envision Sinatra and his crew coming yeah. after a show and having a drink and a good meal. I can envision us eating there as we do maybe too often. You know, I can envision my son eating there with his friends, you know, 10, 15 years from now. You know, is that, you know, that's not by coincidence. It's, it's a wonderful byproduct of a ton of hard work. You know, it's, it's an amazing byproduct of, the, of that. And, and not something that I could have thought about or I should be thinking about when I first started building it or when we first got open. But as you look back now at, at seven years under your belt, like it's an amazing byproduct to meet the, the son of the guy who's been coming in all these years now and, and to know that it's going to be here for quite some time and it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to meet a lot of people at the building, at the restaurant, at the museum. Um, is going to stand here for quite some time. And uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful byproduct of, of just sweating every detail, just, 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 just laboring over everything, um, not allowing anything that's going to be outside the box. You know, what I tell the, what I tell the chefs, you know, we, we talk a lot about, about the ambiance, but like what I tell the chefs is, you know, what we're trying to do here what we're putting our energy towards, what, what we're putting our talent towards is what we're going to do here tonight is we're going to make food that people are totally familiar with. We're handing menus to people of dishes that they've had all of them before in their lives. Mm -hmm. The challenge in front of us is to try to make the very best version of that. Now, you could go the other side when there's nothing wrong with going the other side. Take the other, the other perspective and say, what I'm going to do as a chef is I'm going to make you something you've never had before. You're, I'm going to try to make you something you've never had before in your whole life and wow you with that. And that's a, that's a, that's a noble goal. But if that customer turns around and says, you know, I didn't really like it, that chef is able to fall back on, you didn't get it. You didn't get, you didn't, you, you, you didn't get my interpretation of it. I'm too, in the future I, for you. I'm, I'm too ahead of you. I'm too ahead of you on this thing. I don't, we, we don't have that net to fall on. I can't be like, yeah, you know, you didn't get my lasagna. You didn't, you didn't, you know, you, you didn't, you know, it's just like, no, it's probably just not that good. Like I've had a thousand lasagnas. I've had, I've had veal parm a million times before. Like yours just isn't that good. Like I don't have that net to fall back on. We have, we're, we're making things that people know what it should be, what it should taste like, what it should look like but still the goals make the best one. So it, that, that's, that's how I try to, I try to train the, the next generation of young chefs in the Carbone Kitchen. I think, and I hope, I hope you don't take this um, any other way than how I intend it, which is the utmost compliment, you know, and tribute to you. I've been to restaurants when I can tell, oh, the chef ain't here. I can't tell when you're not at Carbone anymore, right? Right, And I mean it as a compliment where it's like, you know, you have things so dialed that it's like the service, the quality, the experience is the same whether you're there in the kitchen with, with an apron on 
whether you're at a table enjoying yourself and, and you know, hosting or whether you're, you're in Vegas, you know, that has to feel kind of special for you as well. Yeah, that's, 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 that's as good a compliment as you can give me. Yeah, that's as good as a compliment as you can give me. So, so you... 100%. So, good, so I'm glad that's how you took it. So one, one last uh, comment, I guess, before we go to this next thing I'm about to ask you. Um, you actually blew my mind when you said Carbone's only seven years old. I thought it was much longer than that. I didn't realize it's only been seven years. Yeah. How does it feel to go from a thought, an idea of this restaurant, right? To, let me see, to four words, I got four words for you. Last table at Carbone. <laughs> you feel to go from an idea to the biggest artist in the world, you know, naming you, you know, uh, prominently in a verse. And that artist obviously being Drake. Maybe it never gets old and that's just how it goes. Last table left in Carbone, calling plays on a rotary phone. It's, you know, it's an honor, man. I mean, I, I, I could not have ever imagined it, you know. And if I was imagining it back then, I, I wouldn't have had my eye on the prize, you know. Like, it was, it was head down uh, for a long time, not knowing that maybe I shouldn't be here, you know, like not even thinking about it, not like just, just, just keep going. Um, at the time of opening Carbone, it, it felt like, it felt like I can, we can do this. You know, we're, we're biting off maybe more than we can chew, but we can, we can do this. And, you know, at first we hit some adversities and, uh, you know, it wasn't immediately accepted. Um, but to, to go from that, that that place of good intentions to this place today of of sort of pop culture um is is unexplainable you know um i'm i'm really happy that i i took the road that i did that i i'm not um i'm not a face i i really love uh meeting people for the first time and 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 them not knowing that there was that there's even a carbone um, and that it just sort of stands for, stands for uh, this thing, this thing of ours. Um, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, I mean, Drake's been so kind to us and so, uh, generous with his, with his words, but the, you know, the one that got me, you know, Nas dropped it. Um, yes. on his last album. I'm in my neighborhood of stadiums, the Mets kind, with restaurants and Carboni, spicy rigatoni, go hard, a red Bordeaux, oh God. And I can vividly remember <laughs> being in my cousin's 1996 Camaro, <laughs> bumping Nas down the streets of Queens as a fellow Queens kid. To, to, to have that memory and to know that he's now using me in a verse, uh, that one was like tear to the eye. That was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's royalty, man. That's called royalty. That's, that is, that is, that's royalty. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a very quick, funny story. Um, shit. Bron, LeBron was still with the, the Cavs the second time. He had come back to the Cavs. Yep. And he was in town, I believe, to play the Brooklyn Nets. And um, as is customary at this point, when he's in town, he's like, it's not, are we going to Carbone? It's like, what night are we going to Carbone, right? <laughs> so we go to Carbone, and it's me, LeBron, Randy, who's the best in the world, um, 
I think Mavs with us. And then it's a couple of bronze teammates, right? It's like Tristan and a couple of people. And we have the, the corner table, like in the back. So you go to the back and the right, like the, the big yep. table. So we're there, we're having a spectacular time as we always do. The music's right, the vibe's right, service is right, room is beautiful, food's incredible, wine's great. And we're probably like on our fourth or fifth bottle of wine at this point. And the night's winding down. I think we might be like the only ones there at this point. It's like, you know, a little north of midnight. And I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a rookie on the team. And, um, you know, as you, as you probably know, when NBA teams come to New York, they're excited they're in New York. It's like, we're going to go out. We're going to get a good meal. We're going to go to the club. We're going to party, do all these things. And it's New York. So, you know, we're winding down. And um, I think Braun asked for the check. And the rookie on the team goes, man, this was great. Like, where are we going next? Where's the turn up? And Braun looks at him, I swear to you, Mario, without skipping a beat, without even trying to be funny, he goes, the turn up? He's like, uh, we're at Carbone. This is the turn up. He goes, uh, he goes, if you want to get crazy, we can order another bottle of wine. <laughs> it's the turn up. And I will never forget that because he, was, he wasn't trying to be funny. He was dead serious. Like, He's gotten to a place in his career and in his life where he's like, no, 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 this, this, this is the vibe I'm going for. He's as good as it gets. <laughs> we are, from here to back to the hotel, like, this is the vibe. This is the turn up. So I remind him of that, like, twice a year. And he was like, yo, P, I was dead serious. Like, like what are you talking about, young fella? If you want to get really spicy and crazy, we'll order another bottle or two. But this is it. This is the night, you know. So, so with that said, I had an idea, which I talked to you about before. Let me pour a glass of wine. I shared something with you, and clearly I'm sharing it with people now that I haven't really shared broadly. I've never cooked. Like, when hard you say stop. that. Hard stop, Mario. Like, it's a little embarrassing. Let me, let me explain to you how, how I've never cooked. I was raised by my mom and basically my three sisters. I have one older and two younger, but basically raised by all women. I'm Puerto Rican. You know, they get busy in the kitchen, all of them. Yep. And it was more so a, like, you're in the way, get out the kitchen, what do you want type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I never learned how to cook, like, ever. Like, outside of making, like, a hard-boiled egg, All I right. can do something on the grill. I can get on the grill and, like, make some, you know, chicken or something. But cooking, never. All right. So I thought it would be a great idea if you taught me. I'm actually at a friend's house in the Hamptons. You know, he's right. here, so it's just me. Um, I thought it'd be a great idea if you could teach me how to make something super simple all right you know so i'm nervous i'm putting myself out there <laughs> so what i bought i'm gonna show you what i bought i bought like some pastas i don't know if they're the right pastas all right i bought like meat sauce so let me show you what i have and you tell me what what our plan is, is right, right, right. yeah yeah a little hidden and basket can we toast we're in this together now like i'm basically like your, yeah. all right let's go let's go i'm gonna teach pr to make something <laughs> okay so I bought, let's start with the pasta. This is going to be interesting. I got, because <laughs> okay, I've seen this box. Oh, I got this. This is Chaco. Okay. Right. You, you got rigatoni there? Oh, rigatoni. Yep. I know that shape. Little rigatoni. I heard it. Okay. I heard of that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what this is. Yeah, you got a little rusticella. Okay, okay, that's nice. I got that. Good bread. I like that. I like that. And then I got this, which I believe is like this, basically like spaghetti. What's it say? Bugatini? Capellini? Okay, Capellini. 
Yeah, Capolini. Those yeah. are our three options. All right. And then I'm going to get to, I have, I'm going to show you two other things I have. I have, and Mara, you're my friend, so do not judge me. You're my brother. Yeah, yeah, judge. yeah. I, I got Yeah, two. we got some rails? We got some I, rails? I would never do that. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not carry it away. I got a, a, a meat sauce that they had, and I got another yeah. meat sauce that they had. Okay, we don't, we're not gonna use either one of those. Put those away. <laughs> All right. and, then, and then I got like ground turkey. I don't know if that helps or hurts our situation. That makes it interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, Clear Mario, listen, I've been surviving out here in the Hamptons like on like peanut butter cookies. No, we, we're not tonight. Not tonight. Talk to right. I need we need a we need a pot of water. You got okay. pot of water? Pot of water. Okay. Let's get let's get a nice pot of nice size pot of water on the on the on the fire. Okay. Are we doing like like this or like this? You can do that. You can do the smaller one. This one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quarter so, full, half full. So like a uh, little more than half. A little more than half. Okay. Put a lid on it. Put it on high. Okay. So while while I'm filling this thing up, I want to start. I want to go back a little bit to the beginning because, you know, you and I, you know, spent some time in Aspen, and. I was, I was actually surprised to hear that. Like you went to like, like you're a trained chef. It's not like you grew up and your mom taught you how to cook. And like, talk a little bit about like how you got there and like what that process was, and like going to school and being a trained chef. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I got the you know the cooking bug very, very, very early, like a little kid. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side were from Italy, and every memory I have of my grandfather is, has an, he has an apron on in every memory of, I'm really I cooking. have of him. I'm really cooking. I'm over here That's like. That's it, baby. Put it on the fire on high with a lid. Okay. He would just, he would wake up, he would get dressed and he would put an apron on immediately. He was just ready all, he was just ready to be cooking all day. <laughs> and no matter what he was doing, watching TV, listening to music, answering the door, he had his apron on. He was, he was just ready. Wow. Um, and I would spend a lot of time at, at, at their house and they would babysit me. And I would, if I wanted to see them, I would have to be in the kitchen. So my grandma would, would, be, would always be assisting him. He'd be making something. I'd be in the kitchen. And, you know, there's pictures of me at one in his arm sort of basting a turkey, you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> so... I kind of, I always grew up around food. I was fascinated by it. I was fascinated by restaurants. You know, we would go even to like whatever, you know, not, not at all fancy neighborhood restaurants, but I was fascinated as a kid. Like I couldn't believe they would hand me a menu and I'd be able to pick anything I want. And then they would just bring it to me. Like, how does that happen? How do they know I was coming? How did they know I was, how I was going to order that? You know, um, and like all the things of, of about a restaurant was just fascinating me. And you know, I was, I was a really, in high school, I was just really poor academically. I, 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 didn't, I didn't apply myself at all. I didn't, I didn't see the importance of school. Um, I'd mess around with my friends. I, I didn't pay attention. Um, and I got just like, just, I got whatever grades, you know, like they were just, they were, I was, if, if I didn't, if I didn't really take the, the, the challenge of, of, of making food my profession if I would have just kind of stayed on the, the local path I was probably just headed to community college to to get a whatever degree in 
in whatever. And, and I may have never found this thing that I, I was able to do, this creative outlet. Mara, how, and, early, and how you, early are you thinking like, hey, I can make a profession out of food? How early are you thinking that? High school. Okay. You know, I think high school, probably like I started working in like local restaurants, like for actually getting a paycheck at like 15, 16. Um, and, and once I stepped into like a kitchen, I caught that bug. I caught the bug of like the, that, 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 that energy of a restaurant and the ticket machine and the, and the guy cooking, grilling, the fry guy and the waitress comes in and they're yelling at each other. And like that whole energy like caught me. And I was like, I love this. Like, this is, this is a play, you know, it was full of misfits and like, like no one was, there was, there was no academias there. There were, you were just, you were among the people. Like you were just, it was real blue collar. This is almost even before, this is at the beginning of the food network. Like this, it wasn't even, I wasn't even telling my friends I was doing this at their school because it wasn't cool yet. I was just going to say, you told me like, this wasn't even like it was cool being a chef. This no. was a passion. This is before it was cool to be a chef. Yeah. 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 You know, the only ones who were like, who were making it, the only, the only chefs I had to look up to were like kind of like the, the, Europe, the, the European chefs. Like, like there was like a few shows on that I would see after school, like Jacques Pepin and like, and like the Traveling Gourmet and like these old shows um, that I would watch. But like there wasn't really the Food Network yet. And, you know, eventually I, I, I thankfully made the right decision that like I'm going to – and the way I saw it, I really saw it like a vocation. Like I was going to like – apex tech like i was going to like get a vocational degree to do something with my hands because i wasn't going to make it with my mind and that 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 is a lot of how i saw it i didn't i didn't i didn't think to myself i'm going to go be an artist i was like i'm going to go learn this trade that's going to make me that's going to make me a living and along that path i caught that next bug the bug of the artistry of it and 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 the beauty of it um, so it, it was, it, it was, it was in stages. Did it click for you? Like the minute you're in the kitchen and start actually cooking and stuff, you're like, Oh, I, I, are you like, do you realize early on you're good at this thing? No, there, there's not, I don't think there's gifted, you know, there's, there, there's no, there's no, you know, culinary LeBron's being born, you know, <laughs> there's nobody that's just like got that chromosome. And even he, you know, he kills himself I would argue, every day. I would argue you do, but I'll, I'll defer to you. Nah, I think, I think you just, you know, you learn the trade and along the way at each set of challenges at each, at at each next level, you have to, you have to love that level. And if you don't fall in love with the next phase, at some point you're going to get eliminated. And it's this sort of tournament of life, you know, and like, you've got to keep advancing. And you've got to keep falling in love with the next set of challenges. Um, and if you don't really love it, it's you're going to you're, you're gonna be exposed. It's so interesting you say that. I mean, you mentioned LeBron, but like, and I'm not even trying to be funny. I hear a lot of you. I hear a lot of LeBron and you where LeBron constantly says, and it's public knowledge, he'll always say like, you have to fall in love with the process. Like everyone yeah. falls in love with the champagne shower after the championship and all of that stuff. But it's like, you have to love the process of off-season workouts. You have to love the process yeah. of learning. You have to love that process. So it sounds like it's sort of a similar process for you along the way of like, you know, falling in love with learning and kind of doing the actual work. It's too hard to, to not. If you, if you don't genuinely have love for it, it's, it's too hard. It's going to eliminate you along the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those industries. If, if, 
if you're not fully in love with it along the way it'll beach down and and you'll you'll quit you'll it, it's just it's just it's just the way it is it's too difficult you have to be totally enamored with it got it so you decide you know you want to make a living or a profession or a trade out of <laughs> excuse me out of uh you know cooking or the food industry um what's your thought process like you're like okay i have to go to school what's that like yeah. you decide to go to school I got to go to school. I, I guess, you know, I don't have a mentor. I guess I got to go to school. Although when I give advice today, I don't, I don't assume that that's the answer, you know, okay. when I'm talking to somebody. Um, but at the time, yeah, that's how I thought I, I got to go to, I should go to school for this. Um, the best school in America by most people is considered is in, is in New York. It's in upstate New York in Hyde Park, the Culinary Institute of America. Um, I began looking into, you know, what does it take to get into that school in, while I was in high school? And it was really more about, do you have a, a certain amount of, of working history under your belt already? They wanted to see that you were working for a certain amount of time in the industry and that this wasn't just a, a fad for you. This was something you actually were going to do. You've gone through X number of hours in the business and you still want to do it? Okay. Now we'll look into, you know, your grades and, you know, recommendations and you're applying to a college. Um, did you have that, so, like, through your work experience, like working in restaurants? And yeah, okay. I had that. I had enough of that. Okay. And then I needed letters of recommendation from, like, the chefs I had worked for saying that I had actually done these tasks and I, I, I would qualify in school. Um, so I was thankfully accepted to the school and I started in September of 98. Um, I met my business partner my first day there, Rich Terezi. Um, I met him day one at orientation. You met him at school? Yeah, day one orientation. Yeah. And he, he was, was just in a, with a student as well? Yeah. Wow. We started the same day. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then our paths would just keep crossing over the next decade uh, until we wound up in business together. But it was, that was the first time I met him. Wow. And, and what's that school experience like? You can't say like, hey, I'm Mario Carbone and I want to make Italian food. Like, that's not how that yeah. works, right? Like, what's the school, like, the school curriculum like? It's, um, it's very unorthodox. So it's, it, it, they call it block systems. So each class is three weeks long. So there's not, there's not like a, there's not a, a start day and a graduation day. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's constantly evolving. So every three weeks is a new class and every three weeks is a graduation basically. And, and someone's starting and someone's ending and, and it's either a two year degree or it's a four year degree. Uh, so your first class is, is culinary math and it's really basically learning ounces and grams and, and the conversions of pounds and, and you're learning all it's, it's, it's hyper-focused on just the things you need to know. So it, the first class is culinary math. The second class is like introduction into your knife skills and like the beginning of using a knife um and slowly they they build you up along the way but you're going pretty quick each class is only three weeks long uh and it's very much military you're in uniform your uniform has to be tight it has to be clean it has to be pressed it has to be precise you're in a a very much a french uh dictated style of learning the classic way of cooking how you address people, how everyone's looking. You basically, if you walk on campus, it's a culinary military school. And how's a young Mario Carbone like 
assimilating to this? Like, are you like, okay, like, I feel like I'm at home or I don't know if this is for me. Like what, what's, what's your journey going through that? For the most part, I was okay. Um, I think we all hit our challenges along the way. Um, but I always had this confidence that even when I saw other people fail, I always had this, this confidence inside that said, I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to survive. Like, there was something that, that, that gave me, there's something about choosing that profession and knowing that it, it was kind of always meant for me that said that even though this obstacle, whatever it is, is in front of me, you're going to be okay. Like you'll, you'll, you'll make it out of this. Um, you know, the goals were not super lofty. They were graduate from this great school, make it out of here, get it, get a good job in Manhattan, learn from a really great chef. And, and maybe someday you'll open something of your own. Like that's, that's as far as you can see at that point. So that was the goal. The goal as you're going through school is like, you just want to get a good job. You want to get a good job. You want to work for a great chef. It's not about making money. It's about learning from learning from that guy. And along the way, you'll, you'll, you'll build up your resume and, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll make a name for yourself someday. Maybe, you know, mm. um, but step one is, get through this school. The school's kind of, you know, it, it feels at the time, it feels tough. You know, it's, it's this thing that's regimented, you know, I, I came from a, from a Catholic high school. So I, I was used to sort of the white shirt and tie every day. Yeah. And so it wasn't that tough for me to, to get into the, into the, the, the military uniform portion of it. Um, and, you know, by and large, I did, I did pretty well. I mean, by no means did Mario Carbone graduate at the top of his class. <laughs> by no means. Like, I did okay. I made it out, and I, and I learned a good amount at the school, and I did okay. Um, I didn't excel until my, until my work ethic was the thing that separated me. It wasn't – when I got to the point in my life when it, when it wasn't – about the skill and it wasn't about my knowledge and it, this is only for a period of time like at some point that stops too but over the next 10 years i advanced in life because i just outworked the guy next to me wow. and 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 it wasn't i was never the most talented i'm still not the most talented i'm still not the the, the smartest there are there's there's tons of chefs that are better than me um, but I, I outwork most of them, and I have a clear vision. I have a clear thought process. Um, I know where my limitations are. I know where I can push those, and I know what I'm really good at. Um, and, and that's helped me along the way. You know what's um, so crazy, Mauro, to hear you say that? I was having a conversation. It was me, um, me, Mab, Jeff. Um, Draymond and Danny Sillman, who I believe you know, and mm -hmm. and just you know through conversation, someone asked like, "Hey, does everyone play golf or something like that?" And I was like, "No, I don't play." And Draymond was like, "I don't play because it stand it goes against everything I stand for." And we started laughing like, "It's not that serious a question, Dre." <laughs> and as he explained it further, it made perfect sense. He said, 
I am not the most athletic guy. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the strongest guy. I'm not the smartest guy. He goes, I have gotten everything in my life because I have worked harder than everyone else and I have willed myself. And he said, golf goes against all of that. The harder you try, the worse you are. He goes, so I know that's a sport I will never be good at. And, and, and he said that and we were all like, huh, holy shit, that makes perfect sense. And to hear you say that, there's so many similarities of like, hey, there is a phase when it is about the books and learning and all of those things that are integral to, you know, that, uh, setting that solid foundation. And then at some point, whether it's a chef, a marketer, an athlete, or whatever it is, it's about the work. Yep. You know, and hearing you say that's like super dope. One thing I want to ask you on is you said when you first started, it sounded like um, school was the natural next step it was like you had to go to school yeah. you said you may not necessarily give that advice today talk a little bit about that like what's the difference in so i say the same thing now every time if it's a parent or if it's a student i say the exact same thing every time when i'm asked this question um if i'm asked the question or a version of this question do you think i should enter this industry in some in some way, they'll ask that question, and I get it a good amount, either from a parent of a, of a kid or from the kid directly. Do you think this is for me? Do you think I should do this in some fashion? My answer is always the same. I say no, period. Pause. And I wait for it. And I wait for their reaction. And the reaction says a lot to me. The reaction will say a lot to me. And then their reaction to the conversation. I say the answer, no, you should. Why? And then, and then often they say, why? And I'll say, because the fact that you're asking the question means there's a small amount of doubt inside of you. And that little bit of doubt inside of you will get exposed to something much, much larger along the way because this is going to be the most difficult, painful thing you've ever been a part of. Mm. It's so hard. That that little bit of doubt that's asking me that question right now is going to get exposed to something that I'm going to tell you right now you shouldn't do. Now, there's two ways that person is going to take that advice. That advice, They're going to say, I had doubt in me, and you know what? I'm not going to do it. That guy said don't do it, and they're going to leave, and I just eliminated them in the eliminator of life. In the tournament of life, I just eliminated them, and it was far too easy to eliminate that person. They should have been eliminated. Yeah. Or it's the person that's going to say, no, this is for me. I'm going to do this. I don't care what that guy says. They advanced. Like, and then there's the person that doesn't need to ask. That's yeah. never going to ask, is this for me? They know it's for them. They're going to just do it. So either you took my advice and you, you asked the question. There's nothing wrong with that. You got my answer. You're going to take that answer. You're going to use that as fuel. Great. You're going to take that answer and you're going to easily get a, you're going to easily be eliminated. You didn't belong here anyway. And then there's a person that never asked the question. That's just going to do it. Got it. Love it. Love it. Mara, let's check in on this pot over here. I don't know what's going on. Um, is, it, is it, is it hot? We're going to look, we're going to look right now. It's uh, we got? Oh, we boiled oh, it. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. All right. <laughs> I passed the first test. I boiled some passed water. The first test. You're almost, <laughs> you're, you're almost at dinner. All right. <laughs> what am I doing? All right, lower lower the fire a little bit. Okay. And now go to the spice cabinet. Let's see what we got. 
the spice cabinet is like really like you're giving me too much credit. Just, just because because I'm Puerto Rican, you'll appreciate this. There's really some adobo here for sure. Okay, adobo, nice. <laughs> Pull it out. We have adobo. We have a uh, black peppercorns. No, don't need it. No, nope. maybe. Okay. Put it aside. Put it aside. We have uh, sea salt. Okay, great. Okay. Pull it out. We have pepper. Okay. We have more salt. <laughs> we have onion powder. Okay, we very have, good. I don't even know what this is. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel now, Mario. I don't even we know. Got any, we got any chilies or anything? Any peppers? Uh, we are struggling. Any hot pepper? Nothing? I All right. I have garlic over here somewhere. I don't know if that helps. Okay. What's in the fridge? You got any cheese or anything? In the fridge. You got any olive oil? I have olive oil. All right. You got any, you got any butter? I have butter. Okay. We got any cheese? Uh, what kind of cheese? What do you got? I have like sliced cheese. Nothing good. No, more like cold cut cheese. I have uh, extra virgin oil and I have butter. Okay. Got it. We need it. Put them out. Okay. What are we doing now? Uh, what else we got? I know we need like one more ingredient. I need like I need oh, one more thing. Like what? What's in that fridge? Slim Pickens over here, Marta. We got. <laughs> we got rosé. You, <laughs> you got what? We got rosé. I said. Got okay, you got any other you got any other you got any other deli meats? Uh I have we have asparagus, we have Okay. I don't know what this is. We have Genoa salami. Okay. Uh, nice. Kind of it. Yeah, what kind of what kind of sliced deli deli cheese you got? Swiss and I have mild cheddar cheese. Ooh, okay. Give me the cheddar. Okay, let's do cheddar. Okay. This is your biggest right. challenge as a chef in a long time, by the way. All right, here's the here's the things I want to pull. I want to pull out. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's take the. I love this, by the way. I love this. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to make it, trying to make it simple. All right. Uh, get a get a pan. Get a big pan. Got a pan. Like uh, like this. What is that? <laughs> okay, not like this. Okay, not like this. It's square. I've never seen a square pan before. <laughs> I got this. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, Marta, hold up. I didn't like your tone, bro. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got a pan. Okay, all right. Put the pan on a burner. Don't turn. Okay. Don't turn the burner on yet. Don't turn the burner on. Okay. Op open the lid to the water to the pot of water. Okay, we're cracking take, our boiling water over here. Take the salt. Put some salt in the water. Okay. How much salt? With, like a pinch, like. Put like a yeah. Put a good amount in there. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot. Enough salt to where I want you to taste the water like it's soup. Like, oh yeah, you need like 
like four times that amount of salt. Okay, I got you. Put a lot of salt in the water. All right, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna have you here like, you said I should be able to taste it? Yeah, you should, the water should taste of a, of a little bit of salt. It shouldn't be bland. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna open this one. Okay, now there we have you a, go. a poor game. It's about to be yeah. here, Mario. Uh, okay. Stop. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Next thing you're gonna do is take the capellini pasta, open the bag. Capellini. The spaghetti one. Yep, this one. Capellini. Yep. Okay. How many minutes? How many minutes does it say to cook on the bag? It says uh, two to three minutes. Two to three? Yeah. Great. All right. That's fast. We're gonna we're gonna put the pasta in the water before we even make the sauce. We're gonna make sauce in two to three minutes. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta open this. Wow, are you sure this is gonna turn out okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's open. I'm putting. What am I doing with this? Take. Uh, Take like uh, I mean, we could cook it all, and I could I could store some. That's fine. No, nah, take like take like half of it, and throw it in the water. Okay, half of it. Okay, half of it, and we're putting it in the water. Yeah. Now we got three minutes to make our sauce. <laughs> okay, half of it's in there. Okay. Which sauce? Take your, no, not neither one. Out. <laughs> All turn right. The, turn turn the pan on. Pan on. Okay, it's on. Put some olive oil in the pan. Am I? Is it high, medium, or low? Medium. Medium. Okay. Put some olive oil in the pan. How much olive oil? Like cover the whole pan? Uh, like yeah, but but, but a thin layer cover the pan. Okay. Here we go. Stop. Okay. You got some garlic, you said, right? I do have some garlic. Well, Get like one, one actual, piece of garlic. It's the actual, like, garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Put it, on, put it on the table and smash it with your hand. It'll break it open. Oh, it just flew somewhere. Take one piece out. Like this? Yeah. Okay. Peel the skin off. Peel the skin off. You can smash it again to make it easy. Well, you know Not peel the, the skin. You know all the tricks, Mario. You've done this once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Take that whole thing, throw it in the pan. The whole thing? Yeah. I've learned you don't, you don't question LeBron James on the basketball court, so I'm not going to question you. I'm just going to throw this whole thing on the pan. Good. You're just gonna. We're just flavoring the oil. Okay. Now take not. You got black pepper there, right? I do have black pepper. This Is right. It ground. Yeah. Crack it. Crack a shitload in the pan. In the pan with the uh, garlic. Oil. Yeah. yeah. Crack okay. a bull. Crack. Crack a bunch of black pepper. Move this here so you can see me. Right a lot. Here. Okay. A lot. Stir the pasta so it doesn't stick too. Stir the. You got. You got like tongs? Yeah, right now. 
You're you're in. This is called the shits. You're in the shits. <laughs> I'm in it right now. Okay, I stirred the pasta. Okay, black pepper. Black pepper. A shit ton. Boom. Yeah, boom, boom, hey, go, like go, the, go. I like the school of Mario. A shit ton is a measurement. Go, go, go. Just don't stop. It actually smells decent already. Yeah. Wow, my wrist is getting tired. I keep going? Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> you're making you're making Roman food right now. Roman food. Yeah. Okay. Out of the, the, the simplest of ingredients. By the way, I want right. I want all the listeners and viewers to know. I asked Mario what I should buy to prepare for this. <laughs> Mario, what did you tell me? It surprised me. <laughs> it surprised me. We could make a meal out of anything. Anything. Okay, here we are. Uh, all right. Done. Stop. Okay. Okay. You said you got butter in the fridge, right? I got butter out here. Yep. I have sticks of butter. Okay. Cut, uh, cut a quarter of that stick into a cube, into a, into a piece. A quarter of a stick, okay. A quarter of a stick. Okay, about this much. Now, yeah, now cut that into a couple pieces just so it melts. Doesn't matter. Throw it into your pan. And throw it in the pan? Yep. I'm like a real fucking chef out here, Mario. Turn the pan off. Turn it off? Yeah, off. Off, okay. Now take some of the water. Do you have a ladle? I do not. Okay, you have this big spoon? I do have a big spoon. Oh, I do, yep. I have a big spoon right here like this. Take, 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 yeah, perfect. Take two spoonfuls of the water you're cooking the pasta in and put it in the pan. Huh. That's normal? Yeah. Okay, two. Again. Okay. Do one more, one, one more. Okay. Give it a little swirl. This smells good as shit, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, you know it does. All right, your pasta's done. Pull the, drain the pasta. Pasta's done, turn it off. Now you gotta drain it. You got some sort of draining mechanism? We're gonna figure this shit out right now, Mario. No draining mechanism. We're gonna do this like the Lower East Side style and just drain it. Well, into what? In just in the sink, we're gonna drain it, Mario. You sure? You, I'm sure there's something in that kitchen where you can drain it. I got it. Trust me on this. Oh, no. <laughs> that don't sound like trust, Mario. I'm not sure about this Puerto Rican style we got going over here. <laughs> okay, now we're doing good so far. Nothing's falling out and we're draining the water. Okay. Once you're done, put it in the pan. In the pan with the with the huh? yeah yeah you can take the garlic out now. I can take the garlic out. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna put all this pasta in this pot. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. I can take the garlic out. You said. Yeah. 
You're not going to eat it. You were just, you were just flavoring. Okay. Now turn the fire back on under the pan and show me what that looks like. Okay. Okay. Now give it a, give it a good stir. How high should the fire be? Low. Okay, it's low. Now, how much, how much extra liquid is there in that pan? There's a good amount of extra liquid. Okay, so now you're just going to simmer it until the liquid starts to go away. Uh, okay. And, and the starch from the pasta and the starch from the, the water that you took out of the, out of the, the cooking, you know, because the, the, as, the, as the pasta cooks in the water, it's giving the starch off. So you use the water that has the starch in it in the pan, and it, it'll, it'll thicken it. Got it. Uh, there's a science to your art, Mario, I see. Okay. So do I stir it or do I leave it like that? You want to keep, you want to kind of keep stirring it? Okay. How's it look? Um, it looks, it looks. So Mario, while I'm doing this, let me ask you, you, you finished school. Yeah. When do you know, what's your first job out of school? That's actually a good question. I'm concerned about the pasta. Let me see it. <laughs> Let me see it. You have no faith in my God. My God, no faith. Just, it's, it's a critical time here. Oh, yeah, it looks good. Stir it, stir it, stir it. Okay, stir. So what's your first gig out of, uh, out of school? Taste it. How's it taste? I can taste it? Yeah, taste it. What does it taste like? How's it taste? Was that good? I mean, yeah. How's the, how's the salt? Taste good? This, good one I, salt? this one I start getting spicy with, like it's all on the wrist now, Mario. Yeah. Wrist. All you're missing right now is some cheese. Cheese? I don't have Are cheese. You? I wish I would have had like grated cheese. Oh, hold up a second. I got Parmesan like grated cheese. Does that help? My man, you're holding out on me. Damn it, Mario! It's, it's already grated, but I have this. Yeah, turn, all right, perfect, yes. Turn okay. the fire off, turn the fire oh, off. Fire off. And put a big handful of grated cheese in there, toss it all around, and you're done. This is my style right here. Oh, man, look, there you go, okay. This dish is called cacio y pepe. Cacio y pepe? Yeah. Cacio y pepe, okay, a whole, like a lot? Yeah, put like a nice big pinch in there. Go, 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 go. More, 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 more. More. Yeah. Stop. Okay. Now toss toss all that together. It should it should come together nice here. And then Mario, listen, we'll be honest with you. If you want to go half a little pop up in the Hamptons while we're out here, <laughs> well, I might be available. I might have some time. That's it. All you need to do now is just put some in a bowl and then top it with some more black pepper, maybe a little more cheese if you want it, and, and you're done. You got, you got very simple pasta here. Wow. <laughs> this is from uh, the, the, Roman, the, the, the Roman ghetto. <laughs> the Roman ghetto? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is as humble a food as it gets. This is amazing, man. I don't know if you realize what a big moment this is for me, man. Mar, let me ask you. It's done. 
and 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 you're and you're like super early in your career and you have so many more things to accomplish and I truly believe we'll get out of this situation we're in. What do you want Mario Carbone? How do you want Mario Carbone, the chef, to be remembered? Um, I want to be remembered with uh, the first the first line being that Mario Carbone started as a chef. That's simple to you. Well, if that's the first line, then it means that there's a lot more to come. I love it. If that's not the first line, then 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 all I did was be a chef, and it'll <laughs> talk about that. If it says that I started as a chef, I bet there's something else behind it that's still to be determined. It's like they say, life's all about the dash in between the start and the end date, right? That's it, baby. Mara, I want to thank you for your time, brother. I will send you pictures of this as I as I enjoy it. I'll probably eat all of it tonight. Um, your, your first your first home cooked meal. <laughs> I love it. Cheers to you, brother. I appreciate you. I mean, cheers to you, but I needed all my wine to get through. Oh, your let's go. Listen, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna come see you. You're, you're like my neighbor. Come on, baby. I got fresh fish in Montauk. I'm gonna come see you. Appreciate you, brother. Cheers. I love you. <laughs> love. Peace.